0: Hello, hello. Hey everybody. Our guest today is uh, he's had a pretty epic life, let's put it that way. Truly a man of many hats. From being the top selling electronic music DJ in both Taiwan and China, to owning some of the top clubs in Asia, as well as an expert top of his game with VVIP experiences. We're going to get into all of that stuff, as well as some other stuff that he's got going on. This, this dude's got so much stuff happening. It's kind of hard to wrap our arms around all of it. Um, but we're going to dive in as much as we can, so give it up for my friend Chazy Ma. My name is Brian Shinborn. I'm an explorer of people, places, and culture. In my travels spanning over 20 countries across four continents, I've had the pleasure of engaging in authentic conversations with amazingly interesting people. These are their stories, on location and unfiltered. <laughs> okay. Presented by Eight B Media, this is Half the City. What's up? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be here in LA. Dude, I'm so happy to see you, man. It's been it's been a minute, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, guys. So, I know. First, let me take it back. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties. So we're, we're going mono today. We're improvising, adapting, and overcoming. Uh, my One of my dongles for my mics broke, so we've got one mic instead of two. No big deal. We just fucking roll with it, right? So you might be hearing some background noise and stuff like that, some cars going by, or whatever, here and there. We're actually on location in Venice, Venice Beach, California. We're actually yeah, what, 100 yards from the beach. You can see the beach. You can see the beach from yeah, here. It's um, sweet. We're right here. Chazzy's in, in LA for business.
1: It just so Simply. happened,
0: it, it just so happened that uh, Chazzy saw one of the first episodes out and I'm like, dude, I haven't seen, I haven't talked to this guy in like a year. And I'm like, and he's like, yo, fucking A, he liked it on my, on my WeChat, the Chinese social media, Chinese Facebook, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I'm like, dude, let's do this. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And then he messages me. He's like, yo, I'm in Venice doing something. I'm like, dude, I'm in LA. Let's get <laughs> yeah. together. You know, the whole concept of the show anyways is, you know, I'm talking to people all over the world uh, with amazingly interesting stories and uh on location right so we're chilling we're chilling in his place here his studio here in venice beach um you can hear somebody doing some construction work behind us in the background (laughs) all good no it's all good i don't even care (laughs) i don't even care man it's the content you know what i mean it's the the authenticity of it but i've known chazi for four four years yeah it's been a minute three four years something like that yeah um yeah from beijing baby um yeah i've known chazi since my time in beijing and um If you guys have been listening, you know, I spent four years there doing some stuff on my own, but Chazi, uh, I mean, you look Chinese, (laughs) but your English is so good, dude. Like tell them like, yeah, so I'm
1: I'm Chazi. Okay. So it stands for Chinese Aussie. So my father's Chinese. My mom's Aussie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grew up in Sydney graduated there uh, and then uh, made the move over
0: to the mainland
1: back to uh, back to the roots in 98 98
0: uh, yeah dude so you're hitting what your 22nd year 22nd year My yeah god yeah, man. zero to hero i just for <laughs> real like i can't even imagine like the changes yeah. so if if you if, if you've never been to china you've never been to beijing or any of the other major cities uh, Ever since the... uh, Who who was it? Um, Who was... Deng Deng Xiaoping? Yeah. When Deng Xiaoping started opening up the country, you know, it was closed off for years, decades, right? It was just its own um, nationalist, no-access, in-or-out type country. And around the time of Deng Xiaoping, who was the, the leader of the Chinese Party... Um, back in the time with Nixon, I think. Richard Nixon, uh, the American president. It was also like Kiss- Kissinger, I think. He, well, he Kissing, was Kissinger was the, uh, the, 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 the diplomat, the, Yeah, really, to make uh, the, the, the foreign the transition. relations mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Uh, but they started opening up. It was the great opening. So this was like 30, 40 years ago. And since then, the growth in China has been explosive. Yeah, donkeys and carts to Ferraris and Lamborghinis. Yeah. Just like it's that. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And like, So you see these areas like in Beijing, for example... Um, There's been so much growth that, you know, in one block, you'll see these one-story, they're called hutongs. There's like one-story buildings that are anywhere between 600 and 1,000 years old. Really cool spots. History, culture, all that good stuff. But a block away, you'll see these skyscrapers with like neon lights that light up all night. Just like super like... I don't know. You, you think like uh, concrete jungle, concrete jungle, but like to the extreme, <laughs> Yeah. like super, super, Weird-ass super moderns.
1: Like the pants that
0: buildings that hang over things the pants structures. Probably, yeah. I don't
1: know. It's just yeah, very yeah. weird uh, architecture, mm-hmm. but cool. You got the old and the new mm-hmm. in one in one setting. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird though. Like I, I feel like, you know, in my time there, one of the things that I noticed was like, uh, as modern as they become, so quickly. Um, as global as they've become so quickly, um, from a technology, that kind of standpoint, money standpoint, mm. I feel like there's still like there's still a um, transitioning period uh, in terms of maybe mentality stuff like that. Like you know, for example, um, you know, not good or bad. Like a lot of the stuff I talk about are constructs, right? Mm. Like nothing is good, nothing is bad. It's just kind of what it is. But like you, you still see people like on the on the sidewalks of Beijing um, that maybe do things that. One culture might be like, "Whoa, like, what's going on? Like, your jaw's dropping, that sort of thing." Mm. Um, I'm not getting get into that here, but I get into (laughs) it on my on my other show, Relentless, which is coming out, um, starting to come out in another month or two. Right. But there are things that might make your jaw drop, right? Where you're just like, "Whoa!" But it's because it's so far removed from what you're used to with your culture and your constructs. Yeah. You know. But I just think it's interesting. You know, things are happening, things are changing, whatever well you
1: gotta i mean that's the whole point of travel right you want yeah. your jaw to drop right little bad that's i mean that's you know, the thing you're right gonna, you're gonna go somewhere and be like "Fuck! did you see that oh wow look at that you know mm-hmm. it's just part of the whole cultural experience absolutely. And, and especially taking your kids out there and seeing it and just saying you know,
0: open your mind mm-hmm. this is the world don't mm-hmm. be like closed off into one bubble absolutely right? man. explore travel dude you know? absolutely like i'll never forget uh the first time i came back to america when i moved to beijing I grew up in a small town in Michigan, right, and so I so I went back and I bumped into this lady that I knew from a very young age, and she goes, "Oh, Brian," she's like, "What are you up to these days? What are you doing?" And I go, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm living in China right now. I'm living in Beijing." And she goes, she looks at me, she's like, "China? <laughs> China, Brian? I'm so scared for you. What are you? Are you safe? Bl-bl-bl-bl- oh, it's communist, Brian. All this stuff." And I look at her husband, her husband's standing right there, and I look at her, I go, "Actually, it's." pretty amazing country I mean it's super safe feels yeah, safe. You know, very I, safe people are welcoming you know if you try if you take a stab at learning their language that goes miles yeah. you know it goes such a long way um, you know it's, it's a good time and then her husband's like her husband's like honey you know I was stationed in Japan in the Navy right he's like I bet he's having the time of his life. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I know I did. I
1: thought he was going to say, oh, honey, I have a Japanese wife. <laughs> <laughs>
0: maybe, or I mean, maybe, and we have a, maybe we have we have don't a half-son know now
1: coming. Up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, mm-hmm. it, those things can happen. <laughs> yeah. No, China's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's 22 years, as you said. Um, And, uh, you know, I've seen it go from, you know, really... Like, I would say it wasn't really colorful when I was there, but it was exciting because... Mm-hmm. Um, I got there in 97 on a tour and it was the last stop in an Asian tour. Mm. And we were in this club called Vogue 88. Henry Lee was the owner and he, he basically just said, um, why don't you move out here and take over my club? I was like 19 years old or something really? like that. I had a crew called Yum Cha Cha. So there was five of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went back to Australia. We all looked at each other and said, why not?
0: Fuck it. We're young.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we can't speak the la- I mean, I'm Chinese, but I'm, I, I spoke Cantonese when I was growing up. Oh, okay. so, so when you move to China, it's Mandarin, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, my Cantonese was, it was like non-existent there. So yeah. it didn't really but, work.
0: I mean, they're completely different languages. Totally different languages. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So kind of we're like, you know what, let's just give this a go. The crowd seemed quite international. And it was, it was, it was like, you know, there wasn't that many foreigners there then, but every foreigner that was there was working for the embassy or some mm-hmm. kind of corporate job right? Um, or students. Yep. And we were like, you know what, let's do it. So we went. We moved. Three, three months later. We packed our things, moved. Mum and dad laughed. Dad, dad <laughs> dad's the Chinese that you know. He's from that generation that left yeah. China back in the day yep. to, to give a better life to you know myself and and himself. Um, so the, and he's they like, thought, what oh, is this 6 no, dad joke? <laughs> yeah, no, he'll, he'll be back. So they they kept my car for about five years and then realized it's been five years (laughs) your car's keeping wasting space in the garage can we sell it like yeah go ahead man i'm already i'm settled here so so it's kind of funny because that generation a lot of the kids abc's american-born chinese australian-born chinese canadian-born chinese like as they graduated and got older they started seeing opportunity in china and went back Uh and those times from like 99 all the way to you know the olympics was just like this epic the 2008 journey, olympics 2008 mm-hmm. olympics and it was just this epic journey of like wow and you could just use it as your oyster and do yeah. whatever you wanted if yeah. you were had some creativity if you uh, and especially if you had something culturally valued to valuable mm-hmm. for the scene right. the dance scene or entertainment or like you know anything related to culture, culture and heritage mm-hmm. um, or bringing uh investment into china mm-hmm. bring foreign brands into china yep you just kill it yeah. Right, so we were doing really well. I decided to go into the entertainment space, mm-hmm. do clubs, music, things like that, and develop that that market, mm-hmm. which has become one. Like, I look at it as probably one of the biggest in the world now. If you look at every DJ there, are all, all trying to go every Western artist is trying to collaborate with an Asian artist. Oh, absolutely. You know, so that's the. It's, it, there's volume, right? Where yeah. Volume comes money, mm-hmm. monetizing products, things like that. Yeah, um, yeah there's a lot of um, tricky things that go on in the market, but sure. if you can maneuver through it, yeah. I think the the one thing that you just got to know about going to China is um, a lot of foreigners move there. They're still very hard headed. Well, how would you call they're it? Setting they're setting their ways. They're man. setting their ways. Yeah.
0: Because they've lived in that bubble right. or whatever their culture is and they expect everywhere to be just like that or right. cater to them or so whatever So it's it like, you know, yeah.
1: maybe they have a good brand or a company or they've been bought out by mm-hmm. a, a big expat company and mm-hmm. getting that package that they didn't get somewhere else. Yep. The, the thing is China's not going to change for you no you got to change for China yeah right? that's so, a hard
0: lesson to learn I tell you what like I you know because I think about you know like I I did a couple of or, uh, I, I had some I did some business in China myself um you know, one thing I did, for example, was I produced this the soccer match right between um, Manchester United legends and mm-hmm. Liverpool legends. So these yep. guys are thirty five and up, recently. Big retired. game, I remember that. Big game, yeah. right? Um, we we put that on in a, well, we put on a four five aside tournament in Adelaide, and then a, a, a an eleven aside friendly mm-hmm. um, in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, and we and then we live streamed that into China and Europe and other places. And we worked with Tencent, which is one of the biggest. Yeah. Like they're bigger than Facebook, guys. Like they're Tencent's huge. One um, trillion one trillion dollar company. Yeah. They're yeah. one of the big three tech companies in China. Yeah. Um, but we live streamed through them. Great, you know, big reception. They're like, oh, this is one of the best live streams we've ever we've ever had as far as quality and all that stuff. Awesome. Can't wait to work with you mm-hmm. more. So then I take that information, I'm like, all right, these guys want to get into China, right? These players want to play Imagine China. I get something set up where um, we're getting ready to do a deal in, in Shenzhen or near Shenzhen. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the name of that. I kind of blocked it out because it's a bad experience. <laughs> but um, in a city right next to Shenzhen, which is one of the, you know, this is the tech hub, one of the big tech mm-hmm. hubs, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's where Apple products are made and stuff like that. It's right right across the, um, the tributary from Hong Kong. Right. And I went down there and I, you know, we we're going to put on this match. It was going to be great. Met up with this guy four different times. Flew down there, met up with him four different times. He's, he puts me up in his hotel that he owns. This guy's a big businessman. We're drinking like crazy because that's that's an important part of Chinese culture, mm-hmm.
1: right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, a lot of people think Chinese can drink. Oh no, Cause that's, that's cause, not true. Because they get the Asian glow water. Oh no. no! No, no, the ones that are born there, and especially
0: Beijingers and the girls. Yeah. Wow, well, well, drinking a session with them with Chinese oh, rice wine. Dude, it you. I put you under that table. Oh my so god, hard. dude! But that's but that's the whole point, right? <laughs> yeah. Like part of the part of building relationships in China is all about. It's called Guanxi, right? It's, uh, yeah, it's, called, face. it's actually it means relationships or face yeah. or whatever. And it's uh, Chinese people would rather do business with people that they've got a strong relationship with versus or they've put them under the
1: table and made them vomit, and then they're like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah you can hang. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's exactly
0: it. That, that's how you build it a lot of the times. You sit on these, you know, you sit at these plastic chairs and tables outside a restaurant, eating like you know twenty cents a stick uh, barbecue kebabs, chuar, uh drinking cheap beer. Out comes the baijiu, like. Twelve one o'clock in the morning is rice wine and which is like 40 to 60 percent alcohol like it's unregulated so it could be anywhere between there all the way up to
1: six yeah, sixty, just, yeah definitely right strong. it's just shot right. after
0: shot after shot after shot there's no like there's no time wasted <laughs>
1: you know what i mean
0: yeah um, so i'm glad i've got
1: my mom's liver oh i say the not mm-hmm. i say i've got the western side liver mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm half-half,
0: so that's that's helped me a lot, drinking in China. (laughs) But, yeah, so, like, you know, I'm doing that whole thing with this guy. Big businessman. He's got connections to the stadium and the the local government and, like, all the things, checking off all the boxes that you really need to do to conduct business in China. And we get to the point where we sign the contract. He's got to give us the 10% down within a week or 10 days or something like that. We can secure the players. Sign the contract. Dude never shows up, never disappears. Disappears. No money sent not responding to anything and it's like you know that was one of the hard lessons i learned um about doing business in china is that by western standards at least american standards i'm sure aussie is not not too different but like you get that contract signed it's a done deal yeah right whereas in china it's a different set of rules yeah
1: i've definitely it's definitely gone down that route many times Mm -hmm. um but it's that same saying you know you get knocked down get up again. I'm already situated there. My yep. house is there mm-hmm. my friends are there. Business is there. Yep. Um, I've just learned over the years how to maneuver through it. Mm-hmm. And it's and yeah, I've, I've definitely lost um, investment and time. Mm-hmm. Time is the most important thing for yeah. me. Yeah. And you know, it, it's it's it sucks. But you just got to kind of learn how to be better than that. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you over the last couple of years, the whole IP and uh, legal system yep. and protection for that. Is it's really good? Oh, dude, you it's has a lot like better. In the last like few years they just sure. really—they've smartened up, and it's mm-hmm. like this is business. Mm-hmm. Get it done. Mm-hmm. The, the shitty part is like when you are pitching for a job. Like in one of my businesses, which is the event business, mm-hmm. um, obviously a lot of proposal work needs to be done. Yeah. So a lot of these companies or clients have different departments. They have procurement departments, mm-hmm. and they're very traditional. So you might have a full Western team, say for example in Volkswagen or something like that, you, in a big Western company. Mm-hmm. So when you meet with them and you get the job, you're talking to obviously the more Western minded CEO mm-hmm. and things like that. So sure. they love your technology. They love that you're Western and Chinese and they love that you get the concept. Yep. Boom, okay, I'm going to launch this and you're going to do this and that. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to do all that for you. And I'm going to do that for you. And then it trickles down through the system to procurement. Mm-hmm. And procurement, they usually bring in because it's kind of, I think it's legal when you have, a, a, it's, the, it's the law that you have to have a local Chinese as your, your finance department mm-hmm. to head that department, right. like, to sign the bills. And that person is trained in a way where their job is to save money for the company mm-hmm. at all costs, mm-hmm. save money, which means uh, no, I don't understand that concept. Why is it cost <laughs> that much? Because I can go online and look for it. I can go to five other companies and they say it costs this much because mm-hmm. other companies are trying to take your idea or they're fake faking the uh, the tech mm-hmm. or something like that. And mm-hmm. they're smaller companies. Mm-hmm. So you get into these things where it's like no, nah, the budget's low and then this. A few months later, it goes back to the big boss and they call you. Hey, why are you? Uh, why have they changed the company or why are you not doing the job? You know, your procurement <laughs> said that this was way too expensive. and it like, But I approved it. And then, yeah. and then it goes back again. So yeah. most companies will have like a second budget because of that fuck up. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So they kind of like the contingency, they know that that's going to happen. So that's a little bit tiring, but it is getting better. Um, what i found is when i we were doing all the proposals we're mm-hmm. a smaller boutique team mm-hmm. so we spent a lot of time and you know proposals to that magnitude they're 3d their renders their videos they cost you about you know $20,000 to make a good decent proposal mm-hmm. but you're getting a million dollar job right. or 2 million dollar job right. at the end, yeah. of, the, so at it's the end of it that's a modest investment it makes it makes sense yep. but you don't know that that's gonna why they keep asking you to change it Mm -hmm. because someone's uncle has an event company that's a that person right so you're kind of like shit then 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 your event pops up with all your ideas and you're like (laughs) you know this is what i went through years ago it still happens it still happens Mm -hmm. but we just instead of going for it my partner and i just said you know what let's just deal with the ones that put a designer fee down Mm -hmm. so put that Basically, that 10% yep. down before. Yep. And then if we get the job, we'll deduct that from the main fee. Yep. So if you even take it away from me, at least I can pay for my staff. I can pay for my time. Yep, exactly. I lost more than 50% of my clients oh, when sure. I started doing that. Oh, sure. Because they're like, oh, should sure, we can get free work from all these agencies. Mm-hmm. They've got 100... 100- interns yep. that are doing free work for yep. them yep. right and they're okay with that because mm-hmm. they've got so many other jobs so we tailored it down we lost a lot of clients but then we just filtered it to good clients mm-hmm. and they're more than happy to give us that 10% up front because mm-hmm. they know we're going to do the work for them yeah exactly and I mean so yeah
0: you know if you're dealing with good client legit companies ones that um, understand the value of good design or mm-hmm. you know high quality work I think you know things that Anybody can do, like, anyone can say, hey, I'm going to put a proposal together, right? But it's the design element. It's the craft work. It's the expertise that, you know, comes with a long, you know, many years of experience, many years of success, and being able to develop your own personal brand, too, mm-hmm. right? Um, on top of all that. I mean, that's kind of where where there's that separation, right? And yeah. good companies will see that, and they'll say, okay, we're willing to put that kind of money down because... This person or this company or whatever has consistently been able to, uh, right, years,
1: right, and and this and the speed, of efficiency mm-hmm. of everything. Right, there's no other uncles coming involved. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, but again, yeah. that Guanxi things a super a, a super important thing in mm-hmm. China. Mm-hmm. It is all about face. Yep, and it is all about like having that connection. Mm-hmm. And I think um, how I got those connections is I started. Um, well, I went to Taiwan mm-hmm. in two thousand with Avex Records. Okay. And I got sent over with the manager and then he was just trying to pimp me off to different record labels. So I was just kind of like new to the music business. I've been DJing for many years. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really fucking with record labels. Mm-hmm. I wrote, I could write music. Mm-hmm. Um, I was already doing TV on Channel V. And then he, he was just like, he was literally pimping me from Sony to BMG to here and that. And they were sending me these 60, 70 page contracts in chinese and they kind of knew i couldn't read chinese oh, shit. so i was yes. kind of yes. like sign at your life." know he's anything? saying sign 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 and it's like 10 year contracts and i'm mm-hmm. thinking it's a bit weird yeah. but now everyone signs 10 years and they're, they're just really crazy mm-hmm. but um they didn't realize that my father after a few of his different careers he decided to study law mm. and he's an academic scholar so he studied the entertainment law pharmacy law everything oh, kind of nice. law nice. so his way of saying, well, he's a traditional Chinese man, so he doesn't really say, I love you, son, and give you a hug. But his way of saying, I love you, is like, send me that contract, let me review it for you. Mm-hmm. So these major record labels didn't know I had that ammunition behind yeah, me. It was a secret and, weapon. And he'd just go through it and just rip it apart and send it back, and they'd look at it and be like yeah no we can't sign this guy <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows too much about it so the manager was getting pissed he's just kind of like oh i'm i'm gonna lose my my meal ticket here because yeah. he was just literally like oh that's what he wanted from me yep um, well yeah
0: because i mean he's, he gets you signed then he gets his contingency fee or whatever right and yeah and, made, and, and i was young him. and naive. i i like didn't know the aid.
1: extent of the deal he mm-hmm. would he would have probably signed 80 percent of my royalties to him oh, all probably, this yeah. i didn't know yeah. i was 20 something right yeah and then i made a pretty famous celebrity there this girl and she and we just within a week started dating and then within two weeks i moved in with her and she's like a massive star i didn't really wow. live, i didn't know who she was mm-hmm. like that's why i think she she liked me because yeah. I, I didn't give a fuck about celebrities and and they all knew that because i had my club in china the yeah. two years before that yep. and all the celebrities quentin tarantino oliver stone everyone would come there It was like nice. the viper room of beijing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where everything went right yep. So, but i never talked. like whatever I saw, whatever was happening there. I just was like treating everyone like a normal person. So that's why it made a lot of artists want to work with me. Yeah. Oh shit, you're DJing. Maybe mm-hmm. you want to write a track with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's do that. So yep. it kind of all went along Then a month later, AVEX records from Japan just kind of hit me up personally. Yo, we want to work with you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of turned off by the whole music thing, you know? Yeah, and yeah. it's all this melancholy, like Taiwanese pop and Chinese pop at that time it wasn't really much dance music it was, no, rock, it was more, pop the pop is not even like pop it was like everything was a sad song like sad love songs, sad, songs shit, love right? song. yeah, yeah, yeah. everything was a love song yep, and I'm yep, like yep. shit if you, you want me to get in this game I want to I want to change it up mm-hmm. I want to put some house music some yep. breakbeat like right. you know, they looked at me and they're very progressive Avex is a big progressive record they, yep. they had a label called House Nation which was like all these cool Japanese female DJs and just mm-hmm. doing cool stuff trance they had a own club so they're like what do you want and luckily the girl I was dating at the time, her team advised me on a few things. So I was very fortunate that they helped me and they just said, just do a one year, one album deal with option to sign on for other deals, like other, but you're free, mm-hmm. own the royalties. Mm-hmm. They gave it to me. It was like, what? After that, no. They, I mean, most people kind of clued up, and, like, yeah. and they're like, "We're gonna sign this guy for ten years."
0: Yeah, right. right. We're locking him yeah, up. Yeah, we're dude.
1: gonna we're gonna invest this much. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't make it after his first album, he's gonna work for us. He's, even if he that album doesn't work, he's gonna work in the office writing songs for the next artist. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. You, you, you owe money to the record labels. Like, if you, everyone's hungry in China wow. and, and yeah, Asia, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And you, you're good looking, and you can write a song, yep. but you can't act. You need to be a triple threat. They need to make revenue off you from everything, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a lot of these artists would come in. They'd invest a couple hundred thousand. The album would come out, wouldn't do so well, and then you'd find them just sitting like they've got to pay off their debt. So they're still working. It sucks for a that's lot of people. That's crazy, man. You know. So now, that, can
0: you, you know, can you imagine what a slap in the face that would be? Like, I mean, you were you were successful, so you. I don't think you experienced that, right? But can you imagine? I saw it. With you, people, but yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Can you imagine like me? like some yeah someone like one of your buddies or whatever, right? Like, yeah maybe they had like an album that maybe a one-hit wonder or something right yeah and like that one song went but then everything else just kind of shit to bed and you see them sitting behind yeah. a, sitting behind a computer or whatever yeah, you know it's, like it's tough i mean when my, we
1: started a label in 97 called party people committee mm-hmm. it was the first dance label in china mm-hmm. for, for electronic and hip-hop and uh one of my boys that was coming up amazing writer composer producer uh rapper Mm -hmm. he he can rap in chinese english and uh even in in german oh nice like awesome young kin his name is Mm um when that happened they promised him to release his album and mine at the same time a dance and a hip-hop one Mm -hmm. they went with mine and unfortunately he didn't get it but he worked it he worked and pushed me and then um you know you could see it he wanted it everyone like you know shit it's my time yeah you're working so hard at this shit and i'm good i'm talented but you're young right Mm -hmm. He just flipped the switch. He just said, you know what? I'm still young and I'm fucking great. I'm gonna go get my MBA. For and sure. then everyone looked at me going, you're going to fucking own a record label one day. Yeah. Now this guy's like moved to Boston, still writing music, has a flipping house company, a wow. real estate agency, yeah, yeah, yeah. killing it. Wow. You know what I mean? So he he turned it into a positive. But a lot of other people just get depressed and be like, shit, man. Yeah. I, I, was, I was good at that. I was, right. And then I've I've got... That just shows you your, your character. You've just got to fucking yeah, keep, absolutely, keep man. going. Man. Absolutely, man. You I mean, get that break, yeah, but well, it's just
0: tough. Well, it's one of those things It's like... Whether it's the music business or whether it's like uh, uh, you know, film and TV or this shit or anything you do, right? Like it's not its not about how many times you fall or get kicked in the face or whatever. It's about how, it's how you respond to that, right. right? It's like, how do you get up? Do you get up and say, okay, that was a fucking speed bump. I'm going to get over that shit and move forward because this is what I want to do. Yeah. Or does it happen so many times where you're just like, all right. Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I should shift gears a little bit. You know, maybe this passion of mine is more of a hobby, mm. right? Or for whatever reason, it's not working.
1: Go exactly route. Yeah. You
0: know? um, yeah. The girl that was
1: like we had uh, did my album in two seven oh seven, and uh, we had an artist coming from Taiwan. But she was a good friend of mine. She's like, yeah, cool. I want. I want to jump on your album. It's so the mm-hmm. first solo album in China for dance music. I'd love to be part of it. And then her mom, being the manager, found out that we were under. Kind of a bigger label she saw some dollar signs oh yeah and we couldn't afford her at the last minute she's mm-hmm. like i'm so sorry man but at the end of the day the managers get in there and you yeah, know, we can't do anything mm-hmm. we can give you a mate rate but that's yep. about it still yep. expensive because she's yeah. a good star. <laughs> and we had the studio booked and we only had one month to book to, to use and a friend came in and said look there's this girl mm-hmm. um she's still currently signed to a 10 year she's still got about four years left on that but she hasn't been doing anything because she got screwed over by the record label mm-hmm. But she can come sing vocals on you. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, don't really mention her artist name. Because her artist name is still owned by Uh, the label, right? So
0: do you put like her actual name? Or or do you just
1: anonymize it? Put her actual name because she had an artist name, but we put her actual name. And then um, we did that and she killed it. She came in the studio. I gave her the the lyrics. And I, I just said, you know what? Just keep record on. She nailed. it I didn't even record the second take. I just we just edited over it. I didn't, wow, this girl is great. Yeah. And I'm like, I have four more songs with female vocals. Could you do this for me? No worries. I'd love to do it. So she smashes this out. Then she goes kind of dark for a while. She you know, she's still doing music. She's playing in club gigs mm-hmm. with her little band and stuff. Just, you know, keeping it going, keeping her passion. Yep. Once that four-year contract lifted, oh, there was record labels waiting. To start. She had <laughs> her. Own, she was just like boom and then yep. now her name's Tia Rae. I'm not sure if you heard mm-hmm. her she's massive mm-hmm. now oh yeah, yeah she's mm-hmm. massive and she, she just stuck through it yeah but she could see how hard that is you know you, you you're stuck when you've got all these opportunities and yep. you can't get out of it yeah but she waited and now she prevailed and she's killing it Dude. you know so respect oh, to her yeah. and thank you for her to, to her coming on my album you know shout like out the, to Tia man you know, that's it but um respect you know it's it's the industry it's and obviously now it's become so big mm-hmm. that they got all the, 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 the what is it those multi big groups with all like 10 guys or oh like like or yeah like bts for example like or something like that and then yeah then, you know, obviously before it was japan uh, taiwan would follow japan so yep. they were the trendsetters yep. and then china would follow taiwan mm-hmm. and now taiwan's kind of fading out a bit they're still yeah. good they still got they still got their stars their yeah. mega stars mm-hmm. But now China's started to create their own culture yep. with hip hop, yep. and hip hop is be, it's it's becoming huge. It, I mean, it's huge, but they're creating their own culture, yep. which is great because it was more of a copy before.
0: Oh, of course. Well, you know? I mean, that's kind of what China does, though, or they've done. You know, everyone thinks, mm-hmm. oh, copycat China, but you know, a lot of what they've done with that opening is like they just haven't had, at, they haven't experienced a lot of these things. So a lot of it's like bringing this stuff in, yeah, kind of learning about it, and then taking it and making it their own.
1: Yeah, right. but it could be done so wrong in so many ways, yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, for sure. But at for least sure. now they've kind of... they they did it that way, then I think the government saw it was becoming too adapted from the American or Western hip-hop culture mm-hmm. in ways of like... Maybe they were worried it's kind of getting too out of control. Yeah. Um, so they kind of banned it for a minute, which yep. is really crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who bans hip- Like a band of stuff. <laughs> but they banned it and then they kind of cleaned it, right? So yep. they cleaned it in a way. So now the guys that are on these big shows like China's Got Hip Hop or like um, you know these, these kind of big shows um, they're now seen as like the ambassadors of clean hip hop
0: yeah well right because yeah. because when they banned it it was a couple of years ago it was like that the China's Got Hip Hop yeah, show or whatever right, right? like right. there was I think the winner was like singing about like I don't know drugs or gangs or whatever it was yeah. like, I mean who knows whether he like actually meant the words that he was saying or whether he was just taking the influence from right. Western hip hop culture but it was something like that and China's like Drugs, nope. Banned. This is bad for our culture. Yeah. We don't want anything to do with hip-hop. And you're right. Who does that? But it's, <laughs> it's, it's can do it's, that. It's
1: hard because hip-hop is an expression of that, right? Like right. Of what you want to say and, and, and the street, you know, kind of right. thing, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, they've got now the commercial pop hip-hop,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where they kind of just keep it a bit more tame. They're, they go on the edges of things. Mm-hmm. But has made the underground scene so much stronger. Mm. So you got you got the clubs that are doing like these big nights and the tours yep. with these the hip hop groups, mm-hmm. and they're still hardcore and good because I think they do it more like online, mm-hmm. where it's not on TV. When it's on TV, when it hits TV, it has to have that little bit more edge, you know. It's a yeah, bit more cleaner. Sure. But that's good because it created this whole subculture that's becoming very popular, and you can see like the you know you go to Chengdu, and you'd swear you would think you're in Mexico like everyone's kind of tatted up and really like they, they've just adapted that culture the style wow. and they've got their own fashion brands that huh. they're using and they're walking around with the people and all this kind of stuff but, yeah. but it's like and they've got all the girls that follow them and it's this kind of thing and it's, a, it's a more of a fashion thing hmm. so it's their that's their lane and then they've got you know, everyone's subcultures becoming more defined, and, yeah, and, yeah. and your crews are becoming more defined. Nice. Electronic music, you know, all these kind of, everything's got a, got a scene now. Hmm. Yeah, A solid scene, a money-making scene now. Yeah,
0: for sure, yeah. for sure. Wow, that's crazy. I've, I've never been to Chengdu, man. Like, that's one of the places where, like, I really wanted to go when I was over there, you know, on a consistent basis, mm. and I just haven't made my way. I think I'm going to get back there soon. So, back it's there good. soon. Yeah. yeah Chengdu is supposed to be really cool. I mean, that's, cool that's city. where the pandas are, right? Yeah. It's like kind of mountainous. It's like, spicy. I mean, it's just, a, it's just a, a small city of what, 15, 20 million people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, just, like I mean, it's yeah, just a small <laughs> one. Just, just a small city. Yeah. Spicy food. I mean, that's that's why I love yeah. Chengdu. That's that's my favorite food is like the, you know, uh, spicy hot pot, you know, mala blah. Uh, Xiangguang
1: Oh it's, it's, it's spicy you know. Yeah you gotta be Prepared for that Yeah
0: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've met so many Chengdu girls Like oh Brian They're like Can you eat spicy food And I'm like Give it to me And they're like oh, They're always so impressed I'm like yeah It's just, you know and because they're
1: so beautiful too so when they say uh, can you eat spicy and you're like yeah (laughs) the next day you're kind of like yeah to to your your assistant um i think you need to cancel my meetings today (laughs) Uh, or just keep me close to a toilet exactly like oh
0: man (laughs) i'm gonna be in a a pain that 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 (laughs) chug new spices always a good idea coming in but it's never a good idea going
1: (laughs) it's it's a a tough one (laughs) it's a real tough one yeah i mean there's other food there yeah, people, but like it's just yeah, you gotta definitely try this
0: place. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You were saying earlier you you got the best selling yes. dance album of all time in, so in, in, in Taiwan and China. Is that what that yeah, is? Yeah,
1: Taiwan was about two thousand two. Yeah, um, when I was with Avex, uh-huh. so they gave me that idea. Yeah, um, I could have gone with uh, you know, so many options, but I thought, well, I'm playing house music and house is kind of new in Taiwan, yeah. Breakbeat hadn't reached Taiwan yet. So like uh, Finger Licking, Staten Warriors, you know, like mm-hmm. so Adam Freeland, like it was just kind of really cool. Yeah. New school breaks. Yep, Basically it was funky and it's got beats and it's just got vocals. And so I was doing like three turntable sets in, in clubs and it's just mixing it up, mashing mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so the album itself is, is, one is, it's an EP of my Isle Formosa which was the first dance album, a dance song with a music video from an artist in Taiwan for dance music. Nice. In that category. Mm-hmm. And then the second uh, CD was um, full live three turntable breakbeat mix for an hour. Mm-hmm. And then the third one was uh, a live house mix of um, some of my favorite artists in the world. But house nice. music, funky house, vocal house, classic house. Yeah, All of this would be called
0: EDM now.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, electronic <clears throat> dance music. It kind of rolls um, But back want, then, but... like, and still to this day but uh, you know we had styles okay that's a techno dj that's a yep. breakbeat dj that's a trance dj or that's a he's, he's a yeah a jungle drummer bass mm-hmm. everyone was defined or like he, this guy's a bit more versatile like carl cox he can play everything yep. he's known as a techno dj but the guy will go and fucking smash the classics of the house mm-hmm. or hip-hop you know yeah. it's it's more about being versatile but um as time went on and I think just society dumbing down into things and just needed things more simplified. Yep. Um, people came up with, Oh, let's just call it EDM. But that, that EDM came up with that whole, like that ultrasound or that old, ult- like it's more of that yeah, like, very commercial EDM. Right. It's not techno. It's right. not trance. It's not this. I don't know what it is. It's noise to me. But, <laughs> everybody fucking jump. I mean, there's no, there's no, like there's for me, there's no talent in that. I like yeah. to see a DJ that actually produces something or like right, right. they are said to not programmed. Right. Um, you know so i kind of went a little bit disappointed in that culture but then a good friend of mine that does some pretty big festivals and owns clubs in in around the world he basically was just like look it's still a business yeah people are into it mm-hmm. it's like Fuck, how do i flip the switch i'm definitely not going to dj this stuff
0: well right because if you're i mean if you're not feeling the creativity of that or the creation of that i mean you yeah. can still you can I flip mean, it you, you've been in the business for years right i mean you can still flip that uh, the mindset, right. right? And still, you know, rather than being in the creativity side of it, you can be more on the like promotion or yeah,
1: or be just more of us be behind the scenes in the tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I, I have a tech company, right? Yep. So we mm-hmm. were doing we were originally using those for high end events mm-hmm. and, and um, projections and mapping and stuff like that. So we're like, well, why don't we just design the festivals and give tools to these EDM DJs? Oh, hell yeah, dude. Like, even though I don't like the music, but hey, why don't we make it more visually
0: you can still help create the experience experience right Mm -hmm. so
1: if you look at it like ultra and all that they started a bit more they went really big with it tomorrowland big edm sound Mm -hmm. but then they started adding all the different stages carl cox has renaissance in there which is doing more techno so then it's obviously like people are for the first few years they're listening to the edm but then they'll they'll venture over to that stage Mm -hmm. and they're like oh this is all right so then they're slowly Changing and mm-hmm. you can see it in the scene that it's moving. People are kind of like steering away. They want more quality in technology. Mm-hmm. Like they want more trance or so they want more of this. So just giving them the promoters giving them more options yeah. is better. If it's just giving them one sound and dumbing down the whole world, this is what it is. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's what happened in China. Yeah. They didn't go through transition. They just went from oh let's just stop all house and techno in most of the big clubs now and just put in these mainstream oh because he's number one that must be the music right now mm-hmm. or number two mm-hmm. and that's what the sound is right noise right. right so these clubs just followed it but now you can see it's been going like that for a couple of years in china they're slowly slipping in every now and then they'll throw in a really good techno dj mm-hmm. a really good underground dj mm-hmm. people are like digging it they're feeling yeah. it oh this is good i don't have to just stand there and throw my hand in the air right you know like i can actually groove i can actually feel it you know kind of thing Mm -hmm. so it's good but yeah we just and obviously the djs are all programmed so they like the big festivals Mm -hmm. and i get it because you're paying so much money for the ticket and the dj needs to know when the fireworks is going to go off and Mm -hmm. needs to queue and everything's queued up Mm -hmm. and so it's very kind of rehearsed but that's what like a normal concert is anywhere like if you went to madonna or whatever you're paying that She's live, but she knows exactly her cues, mm-hmm. so that's how the you know the, the big EDM DJs, they're mostly cue DJs. Yeah, so last year in Macau, we were part of we designed an EDM festival called Jigsaw. Some big names, Steve mm-hmm. or those guys were up there. Nice, but what I noticed is from the rave days back in the day, mm-hmm. they, the DJ would never stop, it'd be a 12 hours of non stop music, yeah, the sure. DJ would just go into. The, play on play on play yep, on yep. and each dj knew that they knew their time mm-hmm. if you're a warm-up you're a warm-up yep. if you're 10 p.m you're 10 p.m don't yep. bang out music at f- like it's 4 a.m <laughs> a lot of the djs in asia in china especially i'll be doing my main set at 1 a.m and a new dj would come in and he'd be like "Shit, i'm gonna bang a 3 a.m set out before charlie goes on and i'm just <laughs> like dude you're killing me here man. you know what i mean like so that's where it came into most djs yeah. will we'll have their warm-up dj tool with them because they know this guy's going to warm it up well and it's yeah. respectful to be a warm up DJ for mm-hmm. someone yeah. or if you're closing after someone you close out for them so it's right? like an
0: opening act in like the comedy exactly. stage or, or the band you know, yeah. whatever yeah a lot mm-hmm. of
1: bedroom bangers a lot of the kind of younger DJs that don't yep. get that yet it's a, tra- it's a transition it takes time mm-hmm. so this festival we had had you know seven, eight, seven big name DJs and each one of them had like a 10 to 12 minute gap between each show for changeover mm-hmm. I'm like you know what man let's, let's keep the flow going Yeah. but how do we do that because they still got to do the changeover so I kind of set up a whole hologram system and i had djs two djs on the left and right dmc scratch styles and we we produced the technology where when the dj scratches we've got a camera on her hand and she can control the eight foot high hologram so he or she's scratching oh really i'm in the middle on drum pads so we like we produce these 10 minute 12 minute segment shows so nice. the, the audience would just see this flow going through and then the next dj would be ready and then goes on you know so there was this Also, interaction of immersive experience, because I think people are getting bored at these big festivals now. Uh, Like it's the same same thing. It's the same shit. The same DJ, Mm -hmm. same DJs Mm -hmm. at these festivals, but like they're just reversing their sets around, or the next DJ is playing something similar or Mm -hmm. something like that. So I think I think now people just need more more interaction. That's why bringing more technology into the shows is very important these Mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. People are now getting smarter. I think I think it got dumbed down, and now it's getting smarter because they're getting so
0: big. Well, it's kind of like it gets dumbed down because that's – as much as I hate to say it, but it's kind of like you bring it down to a level where a lot of people can understand, right? And a lot of people can just easily get it. Then they come in and then as they get used to it, then you can start getting yeah. a little more nuanced with it or whatever, right? right. Getting a little smarter about it. Um, do you ha- Do you have – Can you show me something like? um... Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, I can pull up those videos. I'll I'll give them to you.
0: Yeah, we can send some links
1: up. Okay, sure, yeah, yeah. 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 I'd love to check some of
0: that stuff out. Yeah,
1: it's very cool. So, this jigsaw? Yeah, that was in Macau. So, it was the second year. Um, So, we were just. When was that? That was December um, 9th last year. Oh, so a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, So, we we were not the um, selector of the artist, Mm -hmm. we were the design team Mm -hmm. and the production team. So we, we came up with this, um, I've always, I've always had this idea of designing a rave, but in a super high end concept. So the, the VIP areas were like made out, they looked like KTV rooms, like they were like, they were made out of velvet and they had all this crazy stuff Mm -hmm. and you had your own bar in each one. Mm -hmm. And so on the main stage on the left and right, I built two 60 meter. VIP booths built into the stage, so you're mm-hmm. on the same level as the stage, but you can't get in. Like you've got a glass barrier. Between oh yeah, them. but you're so, like but you're so you can't like, get over the though. stage, mm-hmm. but you're that close. Nice. And they went for a million rem and B each table, and they were the first tables to sell out. What? This You know, in Asia, whenever you got the highest sell- table, True. it sells out the first. Wow. And you can have, I think it was seventy guests. Wow. Came with drinks, came with girls, came with like I think it's Macau. <Yeah. laughs> came yeah, with, um, mm-hmm, came with everything. Mm-hmm. So they sold out. You had those, and then it went down into different tiers. So you had like then the the, I think it was the 800,000 and the 500,000 and the 4, then 2, and then 1, and 40,000, something yeah. like that. So, but it was designed, it was in a, in the Venetian convention center. So, mm-hmm. it's like a massive, oh, yeah, dude, massive, the Venetian's huge, and It's so in the, big. Yeah. I think it's the biggest, the biggest hotel in the world or something like that. It might be yeah, 13,000 like, rooms or something. Yeah, it's huge. The convention center is massive. Mm-hmm. So, we were like, I wanted to feel like a rave because mm-hmm. that's where my passion comes from. Yep. But like you wanted to give it that super high end yeah. service, yeah. So we went in and we just we just did this crazy design and made it all cool and it was nice. it was cool, man. People nice. were just like digging it. Hell but hell it, it had that rave feel. Yeah. The technology had the the holograms and the lasers and the and oh. the LEDs all over the place and interactive tables for um, for ordering drinks and stuff like that. Wow. You know. Wow. So it was cool. So we're just trying to take that technology to another level. Yeah.
0: I want to back up a second. I just want to explain because. A lot of the listeners are Western, mm-hmm. so maybe they haven't been to China. So I want to explain a couple of things real quick. So first, he's talking about selling a, a table for one million RMB. That's Chinese. That's the Chinese currency. If you rough rough um, conversion? rough conversion is probably about two hundred thousand. Uh yeah, me Ish, two hundred thousand U.S. something like that. A Eighteen like a hundred
1: and forty. $143,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. for
0: one table. All right, that's <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's ridiculously expensive. Okay, so that's the first thing. Second thing is he's talking about how it's kind of KTV styled. All right, so KTV is not really a big thing in America. Right. Right. Yeah, you might find it in a few spots. Like, there's a couple of spots in LA, a couple of spots in New York. Really, where the where the Asian populations are, you might find a few mm-hmm. here and there. Um, but KTV guys, essentially, like. Americans know karaoke, right. right? The karaoke that we're used to is we go to a bar and there's a karaoke night. So like one night there's a microphone and the words <laughs> and like one person at a time sings in front of the entire bar and it's right. like, you know, in front of strangers and whatever else, right? KTV is just like that, except there's, there's these buildings, like in China, there's these buildings all over the place with dozens of rooms, like and the, three, 400 rooms, three, while, 400 yeah. rooms in one building. And each room is its own karaoke place. Tables, um, couches, three microphones. Just you and your friends, or whatever it is. You know, it could be anywhere between like two and like twenty people, something like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: big small rooms, and you got theme rooms. You and, sit around, and you yeah. play
0: games, and you drink. Oh, then there's even a free buffet. There's yeah, free food yeah, well, and everything. Yeah. So like, you can you got meal times. Yeah, so you can go out and eat. And it's and it's super like it can be super cheap too. Like you can pay like twenty bucks for like four hours. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but KTV is a huge thing in China. So when he's talking about doing these super high-end ktv rooms right next to the stage you know separated by nothing but a glass uh wall well just a, kind of like a fence yeah, yeah a whatever fence, it is yeah, yeah. yeah i mean that's that's like that's <laughs> well, like the perfect so, thing for so like
1: that, you've, that you've, kept the, you've kept the ktv uh experience to the listeners very pg oh yeah so, I mean, I mean, okay. so there's a there, so, there's so, dirty
0: ktv so too the, of so course, the ktv
1: but. that i i've designed off is not of the dirty side it's just that keep, keep you've, go you, you've got these crazy rooms that mm. are you know you're still paying in up to like ten twenty thousand thirty thousand dollars on a night and you go in there and it's like kind of very I don't know you call it gaudy it's kind of like very velvet God and and, and very like uh like chandeliers like, like and 1970s yeah plum. so you've got that and then you've got the more modern ones but then it comes in with you get girls. I mean, they come in and they, and you can't sleep with them or anything like. That. They're just hosts. They are just like a strip a club, hosts. but they but they don't take their clothes off. They don't. Right. Uh, you can't grab them. They just come in and they drink with you and they yep. sing for you. Yep. So it's more about a business entertainment. It's more about taking your clients there.
0: Yeah. You take them there,
1: and or you take or you just yeah you know, a buddy thing. You just go out and hang out. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's like the boys club kind of thing. It's a boys right? club. But in saying that. You'd in, think you think you'd think like maybe the wives or the girlfriends would get angry. But in China they don't because they have yadian which is the K T V for women, and Ya means duck. So it's a duck house. So chicken means the girls mm-hmm. in those places. It's just, this this a Chinese yeah, yeah, yeah. translations. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say that's what it is and, 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 <laughs> and disgust people, but it's just a translation. Yep. So what I'm saying is that the men have their place to go for entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, you can't sleep with them. It's just no, you people, don't. They're, they're hosts. You don't. But,
0: but, but the interesting thing about and then it, the women it's...
1: have their version. Mm-hmm. So they go out and have their girls' night. Right. The guys go out and have their guys' night. Right. And then they get these,
0: these male or female hosts, whatever. Like I remember, I've, I've been to a couple of them too. And uh, it's like right after you get situated in the KTV room whoever works there they open the door and just this parade of women goes through yeah the Mama son <laughs> yeah the mama's son opens the door and here comes this parade of women and basically they're all pretty much wearing the same outfit like the uniform right yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's like this you know like I remember seeing like this little like like dress like a yellowish dress. It was kind of form fitting at the top, and maybe like a like a ruffly thing. Um, I don't want to say like a tutu. That's a bit extreme, but you know, kind of like something like that. Yeah, um, their version of sexy. fluffier. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, or it's you know a little fluffier on the bottom. This is what I'm recalling. You know, it's been a year since I've been back, um, since I've been there. But yeah, so they bring out this parade of women, and you basically. You point and you pick pick which one you like, and they'll they'll hang out with you the whole night. They'll yeah, pour and, drinks and for also, you. They'll, I mean, it might some some, are, some are
1: people might be getting put off by this, but they're they're not there. It's not uh, it's not like, a brothel. It's yeah, not prostitution. They're, it's they're, just because they're working there. It's just straight up entertainment. It's completely it's legal. Yeah. like they've they've got yep. benefits. It's it's a yep. job. Yep. you know. So so, but it, it's like it is a good place for business and things. Mm-hmm. But my point is, I they're very extravagant the rooms. So I yep. wanted to take that extravagance, not mm-hmm. the girls, but the extravagance to a rave because I think the ballers that would buy that table are used to that kind of situation Mm -hmm. so you have to dump like you have to demographic you gotta go with what they like with what they like so I was like how am I gonna sell these tables for a million yep okay Well, these clientele guys that go to these kind of places as soon as I advertise that um, that that style of Kate, of that uh, VIP booth, mm-hmm. they sold out in like a minute, both of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, boom, done. oh and then all <laughs> the VIPs sold out. So it's kind of like, oh, yeah. all right, we're on the right track here nice. in designing. Yeah. So design has become a big thing for us for nice. events and things like.
0: That. Oh, that's cool too, because like once you have success with something like that, I mean that concept, that's got to be pretty easy to duplicate, right? Yeah. I mean, so then you're just like, okay. But next for us, club. we've
1: done it once, we got to, We want to do the next thing again. Sure. So we yeah, add more yeah. tech into it and mm. we add more, but I think it's all comes down to service. I think the biggest thing lacking in festivals in China, no matter they've got the budgets mm-hmm. and the people, um, the service seems to be a, bit, a little bit off. So we've tried to spend a bit more time on training. And investment on the on the service, so we tell our clients, you know what, um, maybe drop one of the DJs, and you got another couple hundred thousand there. Yeah, like let's put that into really good bar management, yeah. into better drinks, into better food. Yeah, you know, because I think like you need real that. alcohol, real alcohol, yeah. exactly. Because there's a, bit, a lot there's, of fake alcohol.
0: There's a lot of fake alcohol in China. Yeah,
1: um, so you know, just like trying to. Make the experience better for people, mm-hmm. and I think that's just it's just goes with anything. It should—it should be like that. If you're paying for something good, mm-hmm. you you need to be valued with what you pay for.
0: Nice. So, are are you working on anything else experience-wise right now? Yeah. So, that stuff? so
1: I mean, people might be thinking, well, "What was he talking about? Experience and DJing?" So, no, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Like, it's it's incredible stuff. Because no, no, I'm trying to get to where how where the experience, the experience and the tech comes from. Oh, so, oh okay. So, uh-huh. so I have a company called Oracle Projects International. Mm-hmm. And we started in 1995 doing rave parties in Sydney. So nice. Chris Sefton, the founder, was just doing lasers. Mm-hmm. I was kind of guy breaking into the warehouses and, and, and bringing like the DJs and just doing these underground raves, right? And nice. we were slowly making money as teenagers mm-hmm. and turned it into a business. Um, so we've start, we have started doing attractions, um, entertainment venues, and Chris started developing more and more technologies. Then we became into, um, into Asia We built the Fountain of Wealth in Singapore, Suntec City Mm. as an attraction, world's largest water screen projection mapping. Yeah, nice. Uh, And then we just kept going and going. Within 2005, Zhang Yimou, the the director of the Beijing 208 Olympics Mm -hmm. and and China's um, claim to fame of most famous director Mm -hmm. in China, Mm -hmm. most respected
0: um he was the one that did the opening ceremony opening ceremony Where, like there were like like hundreds of people with like the, the blocks and stuff yeah up, you know? the drums and yeah, like yeah, yeah, everything yeah. He, yeah.
1: He, they had a hundred thousand people for a year in a mock-up stadium outside of beijing training every day and they did it for free isn't that crazy they volunteers because yeah. they wanted to be part of it because it's 2008 the op, kind of the opening of well, already China already opened it, but, the, but the world stage.
0: But come look at us now. Yeah, look how far we've come. And like, they were so proud to yeah. just be part
1: mm-hmm. of this. I mean, they got food, they got accommodation, they got everything like that. They got that that certificate that says they were part of the 2008. Yeah. That's the cool thing about Chinese. Like mm-hmm. commodity gets together when they when they need to get and they mm-hmm. they do that. Um, so he he found out we had technologies of a dome. So Mm -hmm. inflatable dome as a venue. So it was in concept stage for us because we were kind of like doing events in ballrooms and in convention centers. And we're like, you know, we need to take this out of that traditional space. Mm -hmm. Like imagine we had a venue that could be immersive. So we we kind of were like, oh, on the drawing board. We blow it up with air, we project on it, and you can take people from one experience to another through mapping and projection. Mm -hmm. And it was on the drawing board. So Zhang came to us he found he he heard of us and then he's like i want this for my press conference my partner and i looked at each other it's still on the drawing board like (laughs) can we can we do this well yeah we better do this this is the biggest director in china and i mean i said well you know if we fail you know (laughs) we'll probably never be seen again or like not be able to work in china right um like no let's do this so Mm. we 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 invested pretty much all the cash we had and we went and got the technology. Oh, sorry, the material. Mm. Um, we got the team to build it. We came in, put it up, went off. We mapped it. We, f- we built a technology that's aligned. We did an alignment for the projection. So what you project on the inside reverses on the outside. Yeah. And in, the next day, it was on every newspaper front page. You know, <sighs> press conference on CCTV, which is their main TV station yep. there. Um, and then we just started getting, you know, corporate jobs,
0: um, car brands, fashion brands, and the brand just grew exponentially, like huge. Isn't it crazy? Like, you know, you, you, you have an idea and like you might think, hey, we're not ready, we're not ready, we're not ready. But, you know, if you stumble across somebody that's got some, I don't know, a power influence, I guess, for lack of better terms, and they say, this is what I want this from you. Like sometimes, or whether that or whatever, sometimes you just need that fucking nudge. <laughs> you just make right? it happen. Sometimes you just yeah. need someone to like push you off the fucking tree branch. You're going to fucking fly or you're going to die. Yeah. Either way, you know, like exactly. you got to do it. You, you got to do it.
1: Because mm-hmm. um, there's so many other hungry people out there. Because if you're not going to do it, somebody you know. else will. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we, you know, we're doing good with that. And um, so getting back to the what's coming up next with that company is obviously doing events and fashion shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. And also, and also I wouldn't say money's drying up, but I'm saying like brands are being more cautious now. So they're not mm-hmm. lavishly spending so much money. Right. So it's harder to get those big corporate jobs now unless it's a global car launch like we just did for Volkswagen or right. something like that. But Well
0: I mean a lot of these brands are getting smarter too because you know, again, their their promotional and marketing stuff is developing too, right? So mm-hmm. like you know, like even with like tech startups in China for example, like I, I swirled around that ecosystem for a couple of years. And a lot of those tech startups think, hey, the best way to grow the company, you know, get users or whatever it is, is just to make a big splash. Spend a lot of money on advertising. Mm. Do something do something to get the Guinness Book of World Records on something. Right. So your Guinness is always out in Beijing or wherever else. You know, there's this big event, right? World Record something. It's yeah. some of the most ridiculous stuff you've ever heard. It is. Yeah, but, it but they're like, hey, people. we get that. And then we've got, you know, there's press. You know, we get a certificate we can brag about it, all that stuff yeah uh and they just throw money wherever they can because they feel hey you know we put this money out now eventually someone's going to come in and you know start the users are going to start a start coming on board and they're going to grow their base right? right um i think a lot of the companies in the last couple of years again speaking from the tech side um i think like a lot of them started realizing especially with like the shared bike stuff like mobike mm-hmm. and ofo and stuff like that
1: that was a Big bubble burst. I mean, there, they spent yeah. so much money mm-hmm.
0: acquiring... So, you know, China kind of started the bike sharing concept, right? So now there's Lime Bikes and stuff like that around here. Mm-hmm. Um, China kind of started that concept and it came this way. But the way China, the, the big ones, Mobike and O4 are the two that I remember most, yeah. they grew by just spending shitloads of money, right? To, to get these users and just boom, 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 boom. And they're growing up and they're getting... You know, they're, they're getting these huge valuations, you know, billion dollars, whatever it is, in like less than a year. Yep. From, from nothing to a billion in less than a year, just absolutely unheard of. And what happened? I think Mobike went under?
1: No, Mobike's still there. They, they were
0: struggling, though. And I mean, yeah. of- Ofa was kind of struggling, Ofa. too.
1: Then, then, like, I don't know, 10 other, there's so many brands out there right now. But I think it's just they've consolidated and now you can use, it was like you had to use that app for that bike. Yeah. But now you can use WeChat for all of them. Or, for all of them, yeah, and I think it's just come down to two. Mm-hmm. Um, the others have just failed out, but there's yeah. so much, so many bikes, so they just decided like, well, you just consolidated into one app, so you can yeah. everybody can use it. Yeah. Then they split the money or something like that.
0: But but, but yeah. the thing of it is, is like you know they, they started realizing, hey, you know we're gonna spend all this money trying to grow the grow the mm-hmm. business may not be the most effective thing, so now you got to spend the money a little bit smarter. Right? right. I mean, with with the bike sharing thing, just a last thought on that for for me, anyways. I just remember like during the whole craze. <sighs> I mean, sidewalk space is a premium, anyways, in oh. Beijing. There's not a lot of sidewalk space. Yeah. But, like, once those bikes started coming out, I mean, you're just literally seeing piles of bicycles. Like, people just don't even care about, like, Oh, they pile them on top of street. each other. They leave a little of the street. Yeah. <laughs> they pile on top of each other. So is just like a mountain of bicycles. And you just, you know, you can grab one if you want and, you know, pay whatever it is. Or you can try to, like, maneuver around. And, like, for the most part, you're walking around in the streets of Beijing. Yeah. You know, with. Again, twenty million people, twenty-five million people, all sorts of traffic and all that shit, uh, and you've got to walk on the streets because there's yeah, no space on the sidewalk. It's the worst
1: during traffic um, peak hour, like when people are getting back to the subways mm-hmm. to, to go home. They just they want to get to the closest to the to the entrance of the subway. Yeah. So it's just piled up. Ugh. But then they go on in the morning and then they come back in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's crazy. So in doing that, you know, we had big big brands, big sponsors, big money for mm-hmm. for events. Um, but then obviously the last few years China has kind of cleaned up a lot of things and it's slowing down in different ways and mm-hmm. it was hard power so when a 2008 olympics was, was about the wow you know this is big we're here we're, we can do anything kind mm-hmm. of but now it's more about the soft culture the soft power and if you can understand that and how to do that you can still kind of maneuver very well in china mm-hmm. so we we've taken our domes and we're going to go in the space of cultural and heritage okay. so education mm-hmm. incubation our plan was to do them around china like Battling the Great War, Xi'an, Terracotta soldiers, mm-hmm. um, Huangshan, Yellow Mountain. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of education domes. So it's a flyover, eight minute on how the, the space w- or was developed and educate. And then that money would go back into incubator for that region. So we would find like the famous horticulturist or, or a young person doing something good for the environment in that area and awesome. educate so we've been pushing that in China, but it was like really hard with the venues because there's such antique venues, if you call them, they're like mm-hmm. world heritage things, so yeah. a little bit tougher, but we, re- we just got a lot of interest in Australia from it and I'm half Aussie, so it works out really well. Um, cause great barrier reef is, is mm-hmm. has some problems with it and, yeah. and it needs to be fixed. And the problem with the oceans, with the plastics and all the, mm-hmm. all the sustainability that needs to be addressed. Yeah, we're looking that we're going to open up in Australia and have three locations. Well, first in Brisbane, Mm -hmm. and these are um, the same concept, but it will be more tailored to the environment Mm -hmm. and and, and sustainability. And even our containers are all grow houses, grow containers. Mm -hmm. All uh, the food for the cafe is all grown in the container. It's all organic, it's sustainability, you know, all these kind of things and raising awareness. So that's where that company is going in one way. And the other way is we're building kids' play centers. So we're opening play this week in Mm -hmm. in Shanghai, Playmaker. So you can go in the center. You can take your kid in there. They're mapped with cameras. They have a Fitbit kind of thing on their arm. Mm -hmm. It teaches the kid, like if he kicks a football or rock climbing, it will track them and it will show a light if they're rock climbing. It's like, oh, it will remember your name. Mm -hmm. Oh, James, go left. It'll be better for you. So the games will help you play your sport better or, or learn and if and it also social interaction mm-hmm. i think chinese kids are a bit more stuck on their ipads when they go to dinner and things like that oh sure so this will give that game where if you play five on five mini football in in the venue when you leave you have your own avatar on your phone hmm. so you can still continue that game with your five new friends oh, which creates play dates that's awesome which creates parent interaction yeah which creates another time for them to come back and when they come back to the center it will remember your name again. Oh, last week you scored this. Why don't you try to achieve for this? So it gives them a bit more exercise. And that's just like that whole interaction and, and becoming more social.
0: Hell yeah. I, I think that's a big thing too. Like, I mean, Americans may not quite understand that. But uh, like, so the underlying thing, the underlying theory behind this with Chinese, you know, for so long there was that one child policy, right? And so because these families were only having one kid. They were kind of raised like little empire emperors or you well, know they still love. Oh, no no that's what i'm saying like you know but there's a there's a, there's a word in chinese i forget what it's called but it's yeah. like little emperor a little like little king or little queen or whatever yeah, they get everything where, they want you know just imagine being you know only children in america you know you guys were spoiled right i'm not i'm one of five but uh so i had to fight for my food <laughs> but you know uh there's like every every kid is like their only child right so they're they're just spoiled by their parents right they get all the best things and all this stuff but so, they're, you know, they're on their iPads all the time or whatever, um, but they're not, they're never really, unless they're like really encouraged to do sports or something like that, not to stereotype, I hate that shit, but the vast majority common theme that you see is that a lot of Chinese single children kind of tend to be, I don't want to say like in it for themselves, but, you know, they're in their own little bubble. They're in the They're, bubble. they're, they're in their they, own they, bubble.
1: Yeah, they, I mean, they get drilled at school. It's a very hard system for mm-hmm. them. It's good because they're, they're really strict in the schools and mm-hmm. they they teach them at what they need to be taught at um but yeah when they leave the school they'd rather just be on their ipad yeah. or just go in their bubble mm-hmm. because the grandparents they go they, the grandparents take care of them while they work the parents are working mm-hmm. and they just run run rings around the grandparents oh, for sure and The grandparents just go along with it Yep. now with it's opened up so everyone can have more kids and they're getting younger and mm-hmm. everyone's they, they need that more interaction but yeah just having these centers where they can getting them they, to do they, something yeah, where it's wanna... combining
0: their interest with the stuff in the iPad, is, and, it, you know, gaming it, and stuff it's, like it's that. A, and then it's an iPad and...
1: game, but in a, in a live setting, mm-hmm. like in a huge space yeah. where they can, they can climb that rock wall, but then it will light up and teach yeah. them, Oh, put your hand there. And it, it's, it's, they think it's just fun, but it's actually teaching them. Yep. So yep. then they then they find themselves actually in a real rock climbing center without the light, mm-hmm. and they didn't realize that they got it subconsciously, subliminally from mm-hmm. that, right? Nice. So, so we, we're just trying to use a lot of this, t- and I think it's also because we're getting older and my partner. I had a, a daughter recently, so mm-hmm. he's he's flipped the switch on like yeah, we don't really want to do clubs anymore. And I'm like, yeah, we've done clubs all our life. You know, it's sure. just, we can still design them, mm-hmm. but that means we're just designing it from afar. We're not. Yep. I mean, we make sure it's all teched out. Yep. But like running a club these days, I have no interest. It's just, mm-hmm. in China. It's very tiring. You as an owner, you you should be there pretty much almost every day. Mm-hmm. Drinking with clients, keeping them there. Mm-hmm. So again, lots of drinking right. in China. There's lots um, of drinking in China. Lots of drinking. But um, <laughs> yeah, so we so we just kind of like taking out in that space and and then um, touring it and bringing it to the world and mm-hmm. just kind of educating through it. Nice. Leaving some kind of footprint, a healthy footprint, and a legacy. Mm-hmm. But uh, why I'm out here is why the hell are you here, man? So. <laughs> So, just to backtrack a little bit of how I met the guys I'm here partnering with, yep. is I have a See, so here comes down to another hat of what mm-hmm. I do. I have a VVIP travel business. And I as, I as I was DJing and touring around the world in my younger days, um, I didn't really get to enjoy the cities because you'd fly in, you'd DJ, and you'd mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, I'm really into travel and like cultural and food, big, sure. big thing about food. Mm-hmm. And just like homing out, growing out with like locals. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I really wish I could go back to those cities. So as the career went on, I'd say to promoters, you know what? Pay me less, but give me a few more days in your city so I can hang out. Mm -hmm. And then doing that, you'd meet more people. And I was very lucky to meet a lot of high profile people in my club that Mm -hmm. I owned in Beijing, Suzy Wong. Mm -hmm. And it became like a a thing where I just keep going back to people's homes and different cities every year. And then on my WeChat, which is like the Chinese Facebook, I'd post. And... Chinese fans and Chinese high net worth individuals would start contacting me and saying yo we want to go to these places Mm -hmm. you think you could put it together for us I was like yeah so I tailored a few and I was like I'm still paying why don't I just charge these guys like a, a service fee or a tailoring fee and it just came. It just became big, and then I started contracting like a couple of families, and now I've got a few corporate clients. But we tailor it for people. We know it's, there's no advertising. It's kind of word by mouth.
0: So this is the VVIP. Yeah, it's VVIP.
1: tourism, something it's like that. It's tailored by Chazima. So it's just me and the client. My team will interview them. What do you like to drink? What do you like to eat? Uh-huh. What do you, what's this and that? So yep. basically, the client comes in, flies in jet, private jet, yacht, whatever. Mm-hmm. They land. They get to go to the best restaurants.
0: So, what would be like a place that maybe you've taken people to? Just to kind so of get an idea.
1: Uh, one of my dear friends, best friends, Gervin Friedland, mm-hmm. um, that own Ivanhoe Films, um, mm-hmm. Crazy Rich Asians. They yep. own that. So I, you know, we spend a lot of time together, holidaying and going around. And they own a property in Positano, Italy, mm-hmm. uh, they bought, they purchased Franco Seffirelli's home, Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. the most famous music compo- composer in Italy. Yep. And uh, they acquired that home and turned it into a private hotel. So oh, we nice. started going there about seven years ago, and it's like my favorite place to go in summer, every summer I'm there. And that's some uh, place that the Chinese would go, That ne- it was never on their radar before. Mm-hmm and then they see that oh my god this is like so different but we can't speak the language but we really want to go there Mm -hmm. so i just thought well i'll tailor it for you yeah we got everything for you got a translator or i'll go with you and i'll have my holiday at the same time when you leave us stay on and do my thing Mm -hmm. and yeah there would be you know there would be the yachts there there would be everything so uh, that's one place then we have experiences in thailand we have a property there we have japan we take them to new york australia so it's it's wherever Russia we have an office now nice um, the Russian experience you know so it's anything that they want anything goes kind of thing but it's more about connecting and networking so yeah it's it's actually like we will tailor it so if you're coming into Italy um, we'll think who else is there during that time mm-hmm. who could benefit your industry or your career or meet um, if we're in a city or a country where the head of state or Someone in that the leader in that industry mm-hmm. is there that want and then you want to meet them. We'll make it happen just over a casual dinner, you know, just like let's have a dinner and drinks. And oh, then yeah. if they want to take that on, they take it on. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit networking thing. Yep. So that's how we we came about building this company. And then yeah, it just uh, it just it started doing really well, and and that's going on Hell and yeah. traveling. So Ugh. this year in in August we're in Italy. Boy of mine that owns the, used to own the box in New York, Codell. I met him eight years ago, seven eight years ago in New York. He wanted to build a, a vape pen, so he's like, "We don't know anyone in China. That's where they're made. Can you help us um, put this together?" Mm-hmm. This came out. We started developing it. Unfortunately, what everything happened with the, the pens right now, that business is kind of on hold. Yeah. So, for sure. but he wanted to introduce me to his partners that do that invested in that and also do a company called Greenaways. Greenaways Organic. So mm-hmm. that's an American company. Mm-hmm. Started in two thousand fourteen. Um, family business, and. It is a two-in-one sunscreen and insect repellent, hmm. all organic. So apply it once, and it's also a bug bug spray and a bug pouch. So you open it up, put hot water. No mosquitoes will bite you in a radius of um, hundred radius oh, nice. for seven days. And they have uh, aromatherapy oils, shampoos, underarms, all organic stuff. So they were on, they came out on holiday to Italy, and we were just you know hanging out, having dinner. And i'm like why the hell are you not in asia asians Mm -hmm. have a dna where mosquitoes bite them it's just it's in their dna and also majority of the girls don't want to get tanned they like to have pale white skin Mm -hmm. and they don't want suntan so this would be perfect like well yeah of course ideal we'd love to get in the market but we're actually smart we don't know (laughs) we don't know anyone that we don't know how to get in there and and we just we want to protect our brand we're a family business so i said you know I'd be more than happy to explore this with you. Mm-hmm. So we started exploring it, and uh, we found that there's a good synergy, and and we're going to bring this brand into Asia. So we're going through the the right channels of trademarking and you know mm-hmm. setting up the company and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Not mm-hmm. just not just going to flood it, try to flood it in there. We're going to research right. it and get right. it out there right. So we're here exploring that. Um, but one of the owners of the company is also heavy in the C- CBD and THC space. Mm-hmm. Um, in developing new concepts, filling packaging, all these kind of things, and now Thailand is 100% um, legal for CBD. Hmm. Marijuana is decriminalized really? in Thailand for for when? medical marijuana. Oh, uh-huh. um, it will. It is going in that direction. Yeah. So it 100% CBD, and that was a few months ago. Wow. So you got Go like, to imagine like drinks, creams, things like that. So I'm just like wow. Mm-hmm. China is now CBD legal in certain aspects, but you can't take it in, but it's kind of, it's like this gray area. China. Yeah. It's, really? THC is completely. Oh yeah. Illegal. Well, yeah it's, I mean, hundred percent. That's illegal. like no go. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. CBD is now in the bill where it's going to be, I don't know what they, it's definitely not ingestible uh, or edible, but there, there, I think it's going to be more like cosmetic and medical, Mm. so i'm already trying to jump on this bandwagon of like let me get it into creams yeah at least into the sunscreens first because mm-hmm. it can it will heal and then also into like the creams for face creams, for mm-hmm. anti-wrinkle creams right so we're looking into that yeah. and i want, that's a big side of the business that i already want to explore nice um china is the largest grower of hemp in the world they have the biggest farms in the world mm-hmm. hemp was developed like discovered in china like in the whatever century for the emperor he was using hemp paper Hmm. The, the ropes in the Forbidden City were made out of hemp. Really? Yeah, it's, it's a big thing. If you huh. go, you can check the history of thousands of years of hemp. Yeah. So they have the it's biggest crazy. farms there. But again, it's not being produced for CBD. It's for right. hemp, right? right. But right. They, do, they do know that CBD is a big market. So we're looking at it. It's not legal yet, but it's like that gray area where it's going that way. THC will never go that way, unfortunately. But yeah, Thailand is. So it's just like hitting both areas because we've got... Definitely want to bring in the, the greener ways, which is the sunscreen, mm-hmm. the oils, the organics, and everyone is getting more healthy in China. Yeah. They've got expense, they've got money, mm-hmm. um, the parents are getting younger mm-hmm. and, and as you said before, they do give everything to the grandparents, give everything to the kid, mm-hmm. they want everything to be healthy. Yep. So if we can bring in this healthy brand, which we are number one in Costco in America nationwide, we kicked off off the shelves we are yeah 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 awesome so for two years already you beat off yeah we beat (laughs) off we beat off off the shelves and um and yeah it's doing really well it's 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 it's, it's, it's developing more and more with the products um costco just opened in shanghai oh really yeah yeah just opened this year oh my god it was a shit it was crazy like the people it was like a concert they had to bring in constant concert security because so many people rush the stores I mean, like Black you, Friday or something yeah, like that
0: right I mean like you see enough people that like Ikea or whatever right but like just the concept of like I can buy this much stuff for this like a, you know tons yeah, of like yeah, yeah. I don't know jelly or whatever you know noodles or whatever it is that they, they want to buy there. are can about huge ass packages of that shit that'll last me a fucking month and I can pay like a fraction yeah, of what it would cost like, it was
1: crazy yeah for sure so we're not in costco yet in china or Mm -hmm. in china but we're going for that path Mm -hmm. and and hopefully we can go through the costco path because they are going to open more in china and that would would be a big a big thing but you know we can go with timor we can go with um alibaba Mm -hmm. which is like amazon and all that stuff yep and just you know get it out there but i'm also out here um still keeping true to my music roots Mm -hmm. so meeting up with good friends um recently with freak nasty danny harrison Mm -hmm. you know um Uh, just a bunch of cool, cool friends that I've known for a long time. Also, most of them met in Italy on one of my holidays. I met on one of my, uh, one of the venues I use for my VVIP traveling. Um, So it's just about reconnecting that network. Wasn't really gonna get too much back into the music. I still DJ, and it's, a, it's a, now it's a hobby, so yeah, I like yeah, it. For sure. It's great because yeah. I can I can choose I mean, my gigs, and I'll be like, yeah, yeah I'm I mean, good. You're out every
0: once in a while. Like you're out yeah. like some. I think you're I, on I like do a, a lot
1: cruise of or something. Yeah, I, I, I play every now and then, yeah. and, and it's I'm still a vinyl DJ, yeah. so I I, I I stay true to, to that art. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, I might have to go digital because I don't have the equipment, but yep. I prefer the vinyl. And a good friend of mine, Trey Jan, he's the he's the godfather of the rock in China. Mm-hmm. He released the first kind of song on radio in 1984, and you know he's the one that kind of broke through and made music possible for people to listen to and express mm. themselves and and understand him mm-hmm. so like you know out of like a billion people they probably all know trade yen you know so mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool guy and good collaboration and he's very interested in um doing a lot of remixes and collaborations and he's his passion behind the rock is jazz and hip-hop so nice. I was like, well, you know what, I, I, I'm in LA and I might as well use, utilize my resources and get to these contacts yep. and see who wants to work together. And uh, you were at my birthday the other night, Fire yep. East Movement was there and they're, yep. they're very progressive and cool band and they just jumped. Yeah, I would love to get on it. Within a week, they're already like sending files to each other yep. and there's a song being done and they're going to help each other. So that cross border thing. Yeah. I think a big thing, one of my hats is connecting people.
0: Oh, same here, dude. But you know, yeah. I mean... <laughs> The thing that's, like, really cool about it, though, is it's, like, border or not border, cross-border. I mean, the cross-border stuff is cool because otherwise people don't have that connection. Right. But it's just... At the end of the day, it's doing cool things with cool people, yeah, having fun and hopefully make make some money in the process, right? Like it's yeah. no stress, no worries. Like you know, you find somebody, you like you hit it off or whatever, and like hey, you know, like again, like me too. I'm a connector, I'm a networker, right? Just naturally. You know, I hear something that maybe you're up to, and be like, oh, you should talk to this guy. Definitely. Or like you hear, you know, this that or the other person, you know, boom, 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 constantly putting people in touch. In fact, I'd like to put you in touch with a friend of mine that's in China. He's American. Uh, he's Canadian. Excuse right. me. Um, He's, I think he's Canadian, but he's lived in LA. He's a stage sound and lighting guy. He's done mm-hmm. it for films and stuff. I think awesome. he's with with this company he's working with in uh, Guangzhou right now. Uh, I think he's on pace to open, I think a hundred clubs in the next year. Wow, something like that. Yeah, and they're all like you know the big club thing. So that so that could be something even worth worth talking oh, about. Oh, definitely. Yeah, potentially. Design yeah, yeah, and for yeah, sure. Yeah. There can Thank be you. some collab yeah. opportunities there. That's exactly the thing, right? Like, you you know, you get this guy, he's like, oh, I want to do the hip-hop jazz kind of stuff, and you talk to, like, Far East Movement, like, yeah, let's... That yeah. sounds cool. Like, boom. Yeah, there's that. You know, and then, they're, and then of... they're working on something, and, you know... Yeah, chan- which... Chances are, you know, maybe you don't get anything out of it, right? Like, for me, a lot of times, it's like, I just do it because you know what, a, you Every, know what I mean? everything like, comes
1: around man yeah no that's it all, exactly it all comes it. back around like, that's exactly you know what it's, I, I, it's I, like you're paying it forward i know though, that right? i if i'm hungry one day there's a bowl of rice for me yeah you know <laughs> what <I mean>? Like
0: <laughs> exactly I, yeah.
1: I fed a lot of people in my club with free yep. tequilas man yeah, <laughs> so yeah, 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 for that, sure. if i need that rice it's out there yeah but yeah i mean it, it's cool and then now they're connected so there's already five six people connected that's almost an album if he has a new one then mm-hmm. i'll come in and say look you're doing you're going to do a china tour next year Give me the contract to do all the tech for you. Why don't we, yep. Why don't I make your stage more cool? You know mm-hmm. and stuff. So, so that aspect. So it's just about reinventing the wheel, connecting, yep. trying to make sure there's you know things are moving forward yeah, and there's this, there's there's cool sure. things coming. Yep. So yeah, it's cool. So the, so LA has been like it's been good. I've been, I mean, th- I think I've been here for four weeks. Um, in that time, I also went to Mexico for a couple of days mm-hmm. and uh, it's really funny. So they're like, what's your name? Chelsea, Chinese Aussie. They're like, okay, okay. And then one of them looks at me and says, okay. So, you know, we call Chinese chino and we call foreigners gringos. Mm-hmm. So how about we call you chingo? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I love it. And he's like, why don't you make a song out here like and just throw that chingo thing in there and like, you know, make some kind of like Mexican beat. I think mm-hmm. it would be really interesting for you because that's a really funny name and I think people will catch it. Yeah. And I was like, I just I started thinking, yeah, I should just I should just fuck with it and make like a make a fucking remix or something or yeah, like some kind of song it, that would sure. be really funny mm-hmm. to have my, my chingo name in Mexico. <laughs> I mean, who knows? It could be a hit, no. Dude, you could be huge I, in know? Mexico, man. Good chance. You know, you just gotta have fun with it. Yeah, that's yeah. what it's all about. Yep, yep. And mm-hmm. when people can laugh at it and you can see it as a funny thing too, it it makes it so much easier and yeah, better, exactly. right? For <laughs>
0: sure, dude. Oh man, fucking love it. <laughs> where so okay so where you're, you're heading out tonight right yeah so where are um, you what are you like what's going on like what do you what's up next man i got
1: a nice 17 hour flight to uh-huh. australia oh, a little short one yeah.
0: yeah um is that direct or it's direct
1: to melbourne oh, wow. uh, i'm from sydney but i'm going to melbourne for christmas mm-hmm. um i i haven't been there for a couple of years so i haven't seen Mum and dad in a while yeah but uh yeah so as i mentioned the ocean conservation well i was focusing on ocean but now i'm gonna we're gonna change the name to planet conservation Mm. there's a lot more that needs to be addressed to the world and to the younger youth and education so knock out christmas on 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 my business partner's farm he he has a horse farm and just kind of sleep under the stars you know get some good food oh yeah um just be one with nature, and then go see Mum up at Byron Bay. It's a beautiful place. Uh, Dad in Sydney, mm-hmm. but along the way, see the locations where we want to put up the the domes yeah, the for the sure. conservation program. And it's just fucking cold in Beijing right now. So I think I need to be somewhere warm. <laughs>
0: <didn't mean> <laughs> it's, it's snowing cold, there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's snowing. It's snowing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm it doesn't like, even snow much there. Like it gets cold. <laughs> yeah, no. It's- Fucking cold in Beijing. Yeah, it gets cold. The desert, so you, yeah, no, A lot of times you don't see this yeah. year.
1: They got a lot of snow. Really? Maybe it's because they just had the Aaron style, mm. and uh, a lot of focus and cameras are on the on the on the winter well, yeah. Winter Olympics that are coming oh, up. Oh right. right uh-huh. So I think you know, it's I don't so know. They make it snow. <laughs> 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 that shit happens like that. Have you yeah. seen the skies out here? How everything's those camp trails? Oh yeah, crossing? yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean that's not a conspiracy. I've been mean, out here seeing that like <laughs> I mean seeing it going every day. Like Jesus, they, they're like. What are they cooling down the planet? Right, you know. Anyway, <laughs> it's another story. But right on. Um, yeah, Australia for a bit, and then um, I meant to come directly back here to, to finalize some um, investments from here in New York, mm-hmm. and and bring out some of my Chinese partners to see the operation. Mm-hmm. But I've been living out of this suitcase, and I I and I, I didn't pre- I didn't realize LA was gonna be, I got here just before Thanksgiving, so mm. I didn't realize it was gonna be cold on Thanksgiving. It was cold. It was cold, and I didn't like bring enough 40s. clothes. Yeah. Now it's it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And I'm preparing for like I didn't want to bring my winter gear and this because I'm going straight to um, it's gonna be, 40, it's gonna be a- 43 degree uh, forty degrees heat. In Australia, Celsius. Celsius. Which is like
0: 120 Fahrenheit. It's 40. Yeah. When uh, I arrive tomorrow... Almost, it's 115-ish, something like that. It's, it's
1: fucking hot. Oh, yeah. this year in Australia is like the worst fires and oh. everything. Else. Like you guys get it a lot, but we, yeah. we got hammered this year yeah. in Australia. Hammered. Yeah. Really bad. Um, so yeah, I'm going from like to that extreme. Mm-hmm. And if I... Yeah, I've got it. Mean, then I've got to go. Maybe I've got to go back to Beijing to just, like just get new clothes, right? Yeah. <laughs> or just buy new clothes when I get back here. But I'll probably be back end of end of um, January mm-hmm. with some exciting news about the music. We we'll catch way. up again then, we absolutely and uh, will and be. then you know we have. Uh, I can't get too much into it, but it, it's in this really crazy space of um, of the CBD and and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we, we if. We're in the FDA approval stage right now, and and we're going to get that very shortly. And I'll be able to talk to you about that. So stay tuned for that because that's a a game changer. This is something that's not like it's not a brand trying to compete with everyone else. It's something that's going to really help the industry. And it's uh, also more of a, a medical apparatus, which is really cool
0: nice yeah right on, sports man. medicine and all this kind of yeah, stuff yeah, as well yeah.
1: again it's something totally different i'm not into but as we were saying well, before I, I if the opportunities people, i also then, know
0: people in sports medicine and sports psychology and stuff like that well then too, they're so going to they, need this there what's could be somebody happening with, yeah mm-hmm. but it's
1: again it comes down to you know i'm the kind of guy like you are mm-hmm. if there's an opportunity in front of me and i don't know it but i have an opportunity to be part of it or or, or, or do it mm-hmm. i'm going to quick smart and learn it
0: right <laughs> oh, absolutely <laughs> you
1: mm-hmm. know i want to be part of it mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity Oh, yeah. And I've really enjoyed being down here in Venice, too, because what a fucking melting pot this place is. Oh,
0: dude, it's, <laughs> so many cultures here. Man. Oh, man, it's oh, so yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, no, I love it's that. trippy. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, you, you go down like, the, have you been down the, the, the boardwalk? I walk down there every day. Oh, it's crazy, right? Yeah, I
1: just hang out with people and they're singing <laughs> and just talk
0: to them. It's great. Get some inspiration. Yeah, exactly. Dude. There's so much art down there and whatever. and some weirdos and stuff too, but you know there's all sorts of people down that's there a great conversations oh yeah, weirdos. yeah i know i know that's where some of the best conversations <laughs> yeah. come from man like people that you you know you think might be the furthest out there they're the ones that are thinking completely differently yeah, yeah yeah no yeah. i mean yeah it, some of them flow you yeah know, like <laughs> fuck yeah yeah right on man i think this is a good good point to wrap it up feels, cool. feels pretty natural um been a good chat yeah definitely um, anything specifically you want to plug like right now just we, uh we covered it, i think uh, we
1: covered it okay um i'm gonna drop my links in there yep and um my instagram instagram we don't really use much yeah. in china mm-hmm. so but i, I want to keep it active and grow it here mm-hmm. so i definitely put that out there okay um i don't know if anyone's using wechat i can put that link in there as well Yeah, I might as well mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and then uh just you know stay well people and, and and keep listening to this man hell yeah he's killing it and congratulations man you just hit like uh I cracked number 90, the top 100, yeah. yeah, number 90
0: in America, 800,000. like 800,000 podcasts, number 90 in, in America for for documentaries, man. Yeah, Fucking congratulations on that. I can't even believe it, We'll dude.
1: get into a travel one next time.
0: We, we, oh, dude, we, we, I can't I'll wait. bring you out to Positano and you well, do it there. <laughs> absolutely. Well, so that's the whole thing, right? Like the so first couple of episodes were up in Seattle, right? I yeah. was talking to these like military veterans turned entrepreneurs up there. Down here, I'm talking to people that I know out down here. And then once things get rolling, we'll be bouncing to different parts all yeah. over the world, right? Wicked. world's the oyster, man, because, you know, I mean, like you, I'm a global guy. I've got connections and people that are doing really cool things all over the place. Awesome. Uh, and I want to I sit down and have conversations with them, man. That, that's all I want to do. Respect. But fucking Thank man, you. Man. Give it up for Chazi Ma. You've been listening to Half the City with Brian Shinborn. Presented by AB Media. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, and leave a solid five-star review to ensure these stories get spread far and wide. For more information, as well as to listen to other shows, including Relentless, a survivor's search for passion, purpose, and inner peace, and beyond Relentless, be sure to check out 8bmedia.com. Thank you for listening.